Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. A lot of people are probably curious about. We've watched you on the sidelines for years. And I have to start by asking, will you have a get-back guy this year at Oklahoma? Yeah, there'll be no need for a big get-back guy. Those days are over. I think think he's retired from his get-back days, uh, my my get-back guy from Clemson. I get the feeling that he doesn't like that question anymore. Um. 100%. 100%. I got that feeling. Uh, College Football Daily has a podcast on 24-7 sports. I listened to the entirety of the 20 minutes, and yeah, he was not – he's just kind of like, all right. And and, and he did ins- insinuate um, – the host said something I don't remember, and he's like, I don't I, I don't need to calm down. I was never a problem. I never got a penalty. So, like, there's this thought that he's just some psycho on the sidelines, and you're, I don't think he loves that all that much. Right. Well, and I can't remember – I can't remember if – I don't know when the last time I heard him answer that, but I feel like it – was it on this show? I, I don't know. But he said that uh, he didn't even need one at Clemson, um, which, you know, it's a fair point. I think the – you remember there was like an emphasis from the officiating about sideline – uh, like people being on the sideline and, and where they were. And I think that's kind of where it started. But, um, yeah, I don't I'm, – I'm with him. And I understand kind of the, the, the frustration perhaps is that he doesn't know how to control himself. And that's just I, – I, I mean, he's animated and he gets heated and all that, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to control himself, which, by the way, that would be the worst job ever to have to be the get-back guy that just pulls him back all the time that was going on. Um, yeah, that, that became a big story about four or five years ago, but he'll be, he'll be just fine on the sidelines, so I don't worry about that. Well, typically what he's doing is still giving some type of last-second instructions – and or you know information it's funny if like if you go back and and watch whenever i played at ou uh it was pretty much the same thing for me every snap signal them from the sideline communicate the signal or the the defense to the rest of the team uh line up to what they came out with adjust anything that i needed to and then if i had any time Right before the snap, I looked to the sideline because there's all he was always giving something. One, one more, like watch out for whatever play. He had signals for different plays that it might be, or um, you know, someone's in the wrong position, bump someone over. There's always some piece of information there. So um, I liked it. I loved it as a player because you're you're constantly getting fed more and more information all the way through the snap. So. I think that's that's just kind of his nature. And my guess is he'll still be doing that as head coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, think that, that will change. I don't think that uh, he's going to be quietly walking up and down the sidelines with a uh, long-sleeve moo-moo on like the uh, previous guy here. I don't think that's going to be happening. Do you just think – I wonder if they could tap him into the sound system with his microphone, you know, that the, the, the MC or the – the announcer voice at, at OU where he could just cut in and, and 
tell someone to bump over. You got to bump out of the box. <laughs> it would interrupt the uh, first down sooners. You'd interrupt it. I'm down. Uh, or just like pass on the message to that guy. Bump out of the box. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would play. How many people do you think would pay a premium price? Because I would. Like some, you know, like when you go to, uh, have you ever toured Graceland in my uh, in uh, Memphis Elvis's house? No. And you got to wear those dorky headphones, and it's well, Elvis moved here back in. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think people would pay to wear those headphones to hear like the BV chatter during a football game? Hell yes, I would. You want to create um, an instant large revenue stream? Uh, have to uh, to be a paying member to be able to listen in on the headsets and. Uh, you could probably charge anything you wanted, and people would pay it. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, totally unrelated, but I read a story today, and I thought about you. you oh, great. No, this is good, actually. You were a uh, Playboy All-American in 2002, 2003, correct? Yes. Was it 2003? Y- well, I don't know. Is it like a? It was. It was the summer between. It was the summer before the my senior year. So. So you were like a preseason. I, I think I they think had. That's a, how they did. I, it. I think they had a preseason and maybe even a postseason as well. I read a whole mm-hmm. story on that today. And was the class before you the last ones to go to to the mansion for the yeah. event? Where did you have yours at? Arizona. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. You were in Arizona. So it. Gil Brandt used to be the ones that yeah, was would there. scout out like everything, and the stories. I guess it was a it was a long story about it, but it was awesome. Um, I guess Archie Manning, Archie Manning was voted as a a oh, Playboy wow. All American while at Ole Miss. He also played shortstop for the Ole Miss baseball team, mm-hmm. and you know I, I think we view Archie a certain way. I mean, it, kind of like a straight laced guy, sure. whether that's fair or not. Apparently, he was worried. That the old miss, if they advance to the College World Series, he might have to miss the Playboy photo shoot. He said, <laughs> quote, I, I remember kind of sweating it out. Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, Gil Brett was there whenever uh, I went. Um, and it's funny, Archie Manning went. And remember, Eli Manning was there the yeah. year I was there. That's whenever he gave me Britney Spears dad's number and i prank called him yeah which after everything we've learned about him i'm so glad that you did that that was amazing washington had a linebacker teddy who held off on the nfl draft and returned for his senior season (laughs) in part because he wanted to make the 1997 playboy all-american team now so that's how big of a deal it used to be i'll tell you um it's it's funny you say that i I'm I'm not sure what year it was. I think it was it would have have to have been between 2000 and the 2001 season. So, like just getting done with my freshman year and going into the 01 season. Rocky Kalmus was yep. Playboy All-American. Yep. Th- th- this this is in the story by the way. Well, he didn't go. And I remember thinking I had no idea they had a Playboy All-American team. And I was like, I'm going to make that damn Playboy All-American team, and I am (laughs) going. I didn't know you could go out there. Like, this is my goal in college. 
Uh, that was your motivation during the Schmitty Simmer workouts. So I have no doubt about that. Yeah, um, Rocky Kalmus, there's actually a few Sooners that are mentioned in here, but Rocky Kalmus was one of the All-Americans that, and as you can imagine, as this grew in popularities in the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of coaches, there were a lot of players, there were a lot of schools that were saying, we're not going to participate <laughs> right. in, you know, what Playboy is. So Notre Dame basically said, no, don't take any of our players. Um, but but Rocky Kalmus is, according to this story, among one of the players that said, I don't really want to be associated with that. I'm okay. Florida quarterback Danny Warfel said that. Tim Tebow, of course, said that as well. And Rocky Kalmus declined his invitation as well. Now, did Rocky decline his invitation because he didn't want to be represented by the Playboy brand? Or, well, that sounds dumb. I don't want to go out there. Uh, I probably didn't want to be represented. Um, which, you know, is, I get it. Um, I understand. But I didn't care anything about the – well, you know, here's the thing. At that point, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. And I think that – I think the – did you say the year that I went was the first year that they didn't go? Well, I, I thought that's what you said. Well, yes. I – well, I don't know if they went the year before. Whatever it was, it's been so long that – um I can't remember, but there was no representation from Playboy there at all except for, like, the photographer that took the group picture. And, I don't know, I think they had, like, there was, like, different events and stuff set up at this resort. But there was – there were no girls there. There at used all. to be. There used, there used to, be to be girls. Yes. Yeah. And didn't Hugh get a little bit jealous about that? That's the rumor that I heard. Who knows if uh any of it was, was legit or not. But that's funny. So here's 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 something random. I had no idea, never would have guessed this. I guess they did this for college basketball too, uh, during a time. So Gil Brandt, I my nineteen ninety five Playboy All American team loaded with future NBA stars. Ryan Miner made huh. the list of Playboy All American team in nineteen ninety five. He joined Ray Allen. He joined Tim Duncan at Wake Forest and Allen Iverson at Georgetown. Wow. <laughs> yeah, amongst some other impressive names as well. Dang. Ryan Miner's front and center there on the uh, on the photo in the photo shoot. Oh man, that is uh that's an impressive group. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fascinating event. Um I it it was weird. The the group that was out there, though, there was some. Uh, There's some great players. There were some crazy dudes. That's the first time I met. Uh, uh, what's his name? Winslow from Miami. Yeah. And Kellen Winslow. Yeah. Whenever I saw, I was like, is he psychotic? Yeah, but uh, he was. He was an impressive, like, yeah. physical <laughs> yeah. specimen. I was like, oh my god, who is that? And. Uh, it was like that's. I, I guess Boz was out there in the '80s, and he took a picture of an upside down Longhorn uh, helmet, something like that. He nice. was there, so yeah. I, I, I guess um, Joey Harrington found out that he could order 500 bottles of champagne, and 
you know, when the players' bags were hitting the bottom of the bus after they left, you could hear the clanking going on of all the champagne that was being hoarded out of that place because they got it all week for free. No it doubt. was the the party of all parties. But I don't even I don't th- I don't even know the last time they've had that, or if they I don't think they still do it, right? Uh, I never hear. I don't about even it if they know. Do. They don't even have a magazine anymore, do they? I don't think they do. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they do. But um, yeah, it was it was very interesting. Uh, let's see. The um, the coach was um, why am I drawing a blank? Iowa's head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz was the head coach. Uh, that he was out there for the photo shoot. He went to. I think he stayed one night and did like one of the events. Um, I don't know. It was really all it was was like a three day hangout at this resort and just drink and eat whatever you want. Yep, essentially, yeah, yep, pretty much all it was. Sean says Playboy used to instead of top ten would have a bottom ten. Nineteen ninety eight OU made the bottom ten. Read only for article, of course. <laughs> <laughs> only read, picked up subscription only for that yeah. uh, that article and Ta- that one. Magazine. Text line says Tommy Harris declined an invitation too. Yeah, I know uh, Dan Cody went. He went out there. I think he went the year after I did. Um, yeah, it's. It was interesting. Uh, I remember thinking, man, I wonder if Rocky ruined it for everyone. Like they're not going <laughs> to uh, ask any Oklahoma guys anymore. <laughs> nope, no way. You That's got the funny. invite. Uh, Peyton says, yeah, I'm sure Gil Brent never missed one of those photo shoots. Yeah, it sounds like he, he never missed an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh... – I guess, is he the one that picked the teams? Yeah, he helped. So the thought was, before anyone knew who Mean Joe Green was out of North Texas, Playboy had him in the preseason All-American team, and people were like, what? Who? Huh? And he turned out to be, you know, awesome, you know, um, a great player. And the thought is Gil Brandt really helped evaluate and find players like that that were maybe under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was – he was there – Remember talking with him for a while. Uh, it was crazy though, man. There's, there's some guys. Uh, you're talking about the the Joey Harrington uh, champagne bottle thing. There were some guys that were like running up these tabs. I was like, man, I ain't having any part of that. No, I may take a sip of what you ordered, but I'm there's well now knowing what we know about Hugh, um, don't you wish you would have ran up the, huh. the tab a little bit more? <laughs> well, I didn't care anything about that. I got I was worried about getting like somehow getting stuck with that tab or like it coming back as some type of like infraction or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I like if. If anyone like word got out about it, because guys were, they were buying like all kinds of like thousand dollar bottles of Jeez, of man. whiskey and stuff and charging it to the room is crazy, crazy. Only get to be an all American once, right? Should have lived it up. Should have thrown the horns down after the touchdown in two thousand one. <sighs> Should have uh, ran up the tab there at the in Arizona. I don't talk about things you regret. Nah, running up the tab, it wouldn't have done me anything, any good, uh, except for lugging home a heavy bag on the way home. You could have, uh, you've had Christmas gifts to your brother for the next (laughs) fifteen years. Oh well, that's just uh, that's just a twelve pack of Bud Heavy, man. That's that's easy. You don't run up the tab with that. But it was it was, I didn't know really what to expect showing up, and 
ended up having a lot of fun meeting uh, a lot of guys, and I knew uh, it was one. It was the first time I got to know some of those guys, and well, I guess I knew a couple of them from the ESPN Awards show the previous, like, because this still happened in the summer, and I'm, I had met a couple of those guys like after the season before at the ESPN award show stuff. So it was cool to, to see some of those guys out there. Pretty cool. Fun group. Crazy group. Now you couldn't even do it. It would be uh, video the entire time and put on Snapchat and uh, Instagram. Yeah. You, you did it yeah. at the right time. Right you time. You did it at the right time. Very good. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. More from The Rush. Coming up, keep hitting the text line. I see them rolling in, 651-3439. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Golf fans, have you heard the news? The Gimme Zone, the Ref's newest radio show, is coming your way on Saturdays from 10 to noon, featuring PGA Tour players, top college athletes, It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We're inside the Brown O'Haver studios today. We got a fun segment coming up in one hour. We've got Rachel Selman and Mary D. Biedenbow to talk about the ladies' camp that's coming up at OU next month. And I'm sure we're probably going to sneak in a couple fun Bill Biedenbow questions in there as well. So that'll be a fun interview, unique interview coming up in one hour at 420. So be sure to uh, tune in for that. I found a pretty amazing stat today. Um, and the stat is kind of built off of a quote from a former athletic director at Tennessee. He said this, Teddy. He said, the head coach at Tennessee will always be measured uh, with how they fare against Bama, Florida, and Georgia. They're three biggest rivals. Pretty fair, right? Okay, yeah. Well, since 2008, Tennessee has played Bama, Florida, and Georgia 42 times. Want to guess how many overall wins they have? In that 14-year span? Uh, five. They are 4-38 <laughs> since 2008 against Bama, Florida, and Georgia. Oh, wow. 4-38. Four 4-38. And four and Yikes. Man. Well. And Florida, like, it's not like Florida's been humming every single yeah. year, right? I mean, Alabama has, and... Georgia has for the most part, but Florida's had some pretty lean years in there. Four and thirty-eight, though, that is, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's brutal. Um, did Hype beat Florida last year? Uh, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that he did. They not. Yeah, they uh, they lost to Georgia, Bama, and lost to Florida. They will beat. They'll beat Florida this year. Tennessee will. Uh, is that Neyland? It's yes. It's that's um. That's probably. It's not the the toughest team on the schedule. It's probably the the most important game that they'll play though, because that game's normally pretty early in the year. Is it like week three, week four, somewhere four. around we, there? Well, they yeah. played them week four last year. Yeah. Um, let's see. Pro- I'm assuming probably that, the that's same normally. This year. I think Tennessee yeah. and Florida's first SEC game. So that that's a game where, you know, if Florida beats Utah, then there's going to be some hype around the Gators. And if Tennessee can win that game, then it's like, ooh, okay, does, does Hype will have something this year? Yeah, because I, I think they'll be 3-0 and going into it. They got Ball State, at Pitt, uh, Akron, and, and then they open up 
uh, SEC play at home against Florida and at LSU. I think, frankly, I think they'll beat Florida and I think they'll beat LSU. They should beat LSU. LSU is probably the biggest question mark in the entire SEC, but question mark or not, I still don't think that they're going to be a top 15 team this year. Yeah, and so they'll be 5-0 and in my estimation whenever they host Alabama at home. And they will, there will be a ton of false hope that they somehow knock off Alabama. Oh, I'm sure it's they'll get not curb stomped. Yeah, they'll get hammered that game. I, it's going to be a great buildup to the game. Like That place is going to be yeah. insane all week, all weekend. And like everyone in that stadium, what's it hold, like 110? When that – First kickoff happens, they're all going to think they're going to win the game, and it's going to be a slow well, decline. Bama's put a massive dent in that 4-38 and for the Vols since 2008. I don't think that Tennessee has beaten Alabama since 2008. I think the other four wins have come against Georgia and Florida during that time frame. I, I, yeah, I don't think Saban's, so I don't think Saban's ever lost to, to Tennessee, actually. Unless he did that first year, but I don't know that he has. Yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, I don't know. What was his first year, 07? 07, yeah. Yeah, let's see. No, they lost to well, – they were actually they were a 10-4 and four team that year, and Alabama wasn't very good, right? They, they, they barely made a bowl game, yeah. And they still lost to them 41-17. Jeez. God. <laughs> they were 10-4 they were that year, and they still lost to – well, Florida was really good that year, but they lost to Florida and Alabama. They did beat Georgia, though. That t- Tennessee, man, that's a, that's a tough gig because a fourth of your games that you play – think about that. A fourth of the games that you play are against Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, all programs that have won a national championship in the past 15 years. Yeah. In fact, in the past 15 years, how many of those titles have been won – by Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Probably the majority of them. Well, and you got to play them every single year. And you can add in uh, at least this season LSU, who's also won. Yikes! Uh, in that span, so they've got they've got four teams on their schedule, four different teams that have won a national championship in the last fifteen years. Third down That's for what? Rare. Third down for what on the text line? Yeah, that was pretty cool, but it didn't help him out uh, that September night in 2015. No, no. Well, it did for three and a half quarters at least. Yeah, not gonna, um, not gonna help him. But I still, I still believe that they're gonna have a really good season. And that game against Kentucky, I think, will be like the real big deciding factor in, in how their season is viewed. Lose to Alabama, lose to Georgia. I think every other game on their schedule is winnable. Yeah, um, it may be. In other SEC head coaching news, I guess there's a reports, and maybe it's official by now, that Mississippi State is giving Mike Leach an extension, to which I say, why? <laughs> why does Mississippi State need to give Mike Leach a two-year contract extension that will raise his annual salary to $5.5 million and run through the 2025 season? I don't know. That's a good question. I guess because it's just kind of what you do. I mean, well, in his defense, um, 
They finished better in the conference last year than Texas A&M did. Yeah, he's got an overall losing record. He's, I believe he's 11-12 and 12 at Mississippi State, but let's, let's give him a two-year extension. Well, that's considering Mississippi State's history, that's not all that bad. Outside of one little run... Oh, Jackie Sherrill, of course, our, our, our guy, and uh, Dan Mullen. Yeah, those are the two guys. Is anyone else one big there? Who was after Dan Mullen? Dan Mullen, um, was it not? Was it not Mike Leach? Was no, it Leach? Y- yeah, right. Because Dan. I don't know. Uh, no, I think we're. I no, it was uh, Joe Moorhead. Is who it was. I believe okay. he was the head coach there at a short time. Yeah. Very forgettable name. I can't even remember when Leach got there. Leach hasn't been there. This is year three. Years. Yeah, yeah twenty twenty was his first year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here's here's the thing about Leach. They are uh, they're going to throw for a ton of yards. They are going to lose some games that they should win, like non conference games. But you know they're 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 going to be competitive. Like last year, they beat Arkansas. I watched it happen. They got so screwed by the officials that I can't believe he didn't lose his freaking mind in that game. They got totally screwed. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. I guess Mississippi state law caps the length of contracts for state employees at four years. Does that mean you can't give anyone a 10-year extension or 10-year contract like Jimbo had or a lifetime contract or anything like that? It's exactly what it means, and I like that. I like that. That's a. I think that's a good state law. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi might rank fiftieth every single year in terms of of, of uh, education, but that's actually a pretty good law. Yeah, very good, very smart. But maybe that's why they rank so bad because they can't keep you one of there with longer contracts. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone smart that leaves. leaves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Louisiana. Uh, they always think that they have that problem. Is you know, there's smart people that roll through there and they're like, "See ya." I'm going yep. to Nashville, Atlanta, anywhere else but here. Like crazy. Last year, you got Texas Tech who has had a crazy upheaval throughout the season. And you got Mississippi State, who's, you know, they've got the quarterback who's one of the, you know, throws for as many yards as anyone in the country, thought that they were going to get go in, get revenge. Mike Leach was going to get revenge on Texas Tech. And they get their doors blown off by Tech. That was a very embarrassing night. I mean, Tech hadn't won. And it didn't seem like had, Tech had had any success no. the final month of the season, and they, they dominated that game. Dominated. 34-7. to It's crazy. Did not see that coming at all. Doesn't but. feel like Leach is very good in bowl games. Uh, yeah, I think I feel like he's really bad. During that long amount of time off or in between games – he strikes me as a guy whose attention wanders a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. He's got other interests, reading pirate books and things like that. Uh, text line, let's get to a few before we hit a break. Teddy finds all the bargains, 1,000 bottles of booze, and $50 burgers at Disney. Why does his wife let him have a card? Uh, well, just so you know, the wife uh, was the one who found the $50 burgers at Disney. That had nothing to do with me. And... I opted out of the $1,000 uh, bottles of booze. Thank you very much. Did Kelly Winslow Jr. refer to himself as a blanket soldier? Yeah, kind of. You uh, saw that. You've seen that audio yeah. clip, right? When he's yeah. at Miami? Not. I don't know if he necessarily used those terms exactly, but 
he was very proud of himself. I'll say that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I think you guys need to change the intro of the show from Buckus Award winner Teddy Lehman to Playboy All-American Teddy Lehman. Yeah. Oh, there's the photo. That's pretty good. There it is. Kirk Ferentz right there. Oh, my God. Look at you at the top there. Yeah. Wow. Huh? He's an alpha. Actually, look. Uh, oh, is that Booger from North Texas? Yep. Wow. Dang. Yeah, Daniel Sepulveda, the punter from A&M, was there. I'm sure you guys are boy. Oh, an overrated Derek Johnson from the University of Texas. How about it? Da- Carlos Dansby. It? Um, Is that Chris Gamble right there from Ohio uh, State? Yep, I think so. Um, oh, why am I thinking? Oh, I, I can't think of his name. Uh, Stewart, the, the number nine is the safety from Purdue. Um, what a fine collection of talent there. Yeah, some kicker from Kentucky. Yeah, that's the defensive group. Um, the offensive group was kind of the same. What's that big D tackle? Was it? What's his name from Ohio State? I don't remember was who it? that D tackle was. To be quite honest with you, oh, big ninety three. I want to say it was Will Smith. Is that right? <laughs> sure. I, I actually don't remember who that was, but you up at the top of the picture is hilarious. Yeah, Both capping hilarious the thing awesome. off, man. Capping it off. Teddy and his brother would be a lot of fun to go bow fishing with. Yeah, Teddy will tell you for three days that he's going to go fishing with you, and then magically he's going to build it up and not show up at all. Kind of like Omaha last weekend. Yeah, yeah. What's this? That's a bow fishing? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't fish. Maybe I would be better with the bow. That'd keep me a little bit more engaged, but I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, that was Will Smith from Ohio State. I guess uh, from the Elite Evan, final rankings prior to the Pro Day workout, Jackson Arnold continues to impress. He's ranked as the number one quarterback so far at the Elite 11 through two days um, in front of Malachi Nelson at number two. Yeah, according to – you know, several people that were out there watching it, uh, Jackson Arnold was um, the most impressive guy there for day one. Um, and then day two, he carried it out, I guess, same thing today. Same thing, yeah. yeah. It was uh, apparently his, his arm strength and his ability to move and scramble and continue to, to be accurate on the run was, was the most impressive guy out there. That's that's big time because yeah, that's a big group I, I of guys. mentioned it last hour with Parker. It just doesn't seem like there's the overall excitement that's there, um, you know, compared to Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams. And fans gave me several, you know, reasons as to why that is on the text line. But I think everyone, you know, at least agrees that, yeah, there's just not the built-up excitement around him for the future as there were with those other guys. But clearly this kid can ball, man. Yeah. Clearly he can ball. Well, you know, it's interesting. He was, he was what, the uh, a four-star whenever he committed to OU. Yeah. And a lot of people felt really uh, confident that he was, he was going to get that fifth star, and he eventually did. But if he goes out there and – is considered by most people that are watching the the best quarterback at the Elite 11 because that's against the best of the best. Uh, that will continue to climb his like his rating, so. right? Yeah, and but that's what kind of annoyed me yesterday about 24/7 sports is you know, there was a conversation of well, if someone goes out there and just absolutely balls, are we willing to move them ahead of Arch Manning in the overall rankings? And dude, I don't 
I don't care one way or the other. I mean, my life really isn't affected. But I think you have to at least look at it. If someone goes out there on that stage and bowls out and looks amazing and Arch Manning doesn't participate, you at least have to factor that in. And the fact that they're not even mentioning that or looking at that tells me that in their rankings, Arch Manning is number one because no of what, what his last name is. Yeah, well, sure. I, yeah, we we talked about this last week that the guys that he is he's ranked with, he's like the what would I say like the seventh uh, or eighth best, seventh or eighth best, which is still ever. a good quarterback. Yeah, the only other quarterback ever to have a perfect, um, perfect recruiting number average is Vince Young. There's only five guys ever. Well, Jadavion Clowney, Kandichi, Rashawn Gary, Vince Young, and Ernie Sims. Mm-hmm. Only guys ever. It's crazy. We'll see. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you our number one of the rush on this Wednesday. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. we got a lot to get to. Uh, watching him, I doubt Archie Manning is the best 2A quarterback in the country. This one says, pretty sure Quinn Ewers was a perfect 1,000 or 100, whatever you say as well. Peyton says, uh, also I've heard from someone that what might make Archie so high is that he does attract talent, which is a stupid reason, but it's proven correct so far. Yeah, Texas is actually killing it right now Well, um, in terms of recruiting rankings. Yeah, that should have nothing to do oh, with, I agree, oh, I agree with his that. rating as a player. I, I agree with that. And if it does, the whole system is screwed. Quinn Ewers, according to 247 – composite rating did not have a perfect score I don't know where he is on the list maybe they go back and adjust it I I don't know but the one that I'm looking at has all the top recruits of all time and he is not on there I mean he's probably on here at some point but he's not for the perfect uh, you know 1000 score I guess he was a five-star quarterback, number one overall quarterback in yes. that class, though, I, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that did change whenever he reclassified and he wasn't the top quarterback, but, but I, I don't know. He was, he was very highly rated. Yeah, Texas up to the number two recruiting class right now, and uh, new five-star wide receiver John Tay Cook said, quote, this class is going to be the natty class, end quote. So. Mm. The kiss of death has already happened in uh, in Austin. We shall see. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it is getting a ton of attention. The clearly the 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 draw from the recruiting is is big and. Obviously, everyone starts to naturally make their their predictions and, and where everyone's going to end up and how great they're going to be. 
all of those things are going to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, still nothing has changed. Who's at Texas longer? Steve Sarkeesian or Arch Manning? Um, Steve Sarkeesian or Arch Manning? I would say, you at least have to think about it, right? Regardless yeah. of what you're about to say, it's at least like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Let me think about this. I would say Sarkeesian. Just because you think Arch Manning's going to transfer after year one and go actually go play at Georgia? He can transfer. He can uh, go to the NFL early. I, usually, like, I think Sark is going to get – I mean, I think he's going to be there. I get barring another disaster year, which I guess you can't you can't just totally eliminate that that would happen. But I feel like he's going to be there for five, six years. Yeah. Um, well, from I, right I, now, I, I told you last week. I don't think Arch finished his career at at Texas. I think he eventually transfers somewhere else because of what the uh, how big of a dumpster fire it's going to be. Uh, but I, I think now with this recruiting class, which is going to threaten for the number one overall class in 2023, and the signing of Arch Manning, I think there's there's two coaches that have the most pressure to win in the next two years. Um, I, I think it might be Sark and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Just because they're so heavy on NIL, they both are – Jimbo did have the number one overall class. Texas might have the number one overall class as well. If they don't get over the hump and they don't do it within two years, I think their reputation, if it hasn't, hasn't already taken a massive hit, is definitely going to after that. You can't yeah. win with all that NIL money and a number one overall class? Seriously? Then what can you win with? Yeah. It, I can hear it now. No, there's there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's interesting. I did go to Quinn Ewer's page on 247 Sports. He's listed as a perfect score. I don't know. Yeah, the, we got a text saying he was perfect before he reclassified. Like if, if he would have stayed his senior year, what was that at South Lake Carroll, I think, then he was in line to be a, a perfect score. I guess since he I didn't get the final year, it would change. That changes right. where yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, huh? That's weird. Um, well, I don't know. It's interesting though. Uh, uh, <laughs> had the conversation today um with a with a gentleman at, at espn and oh wow well, okay it, it he he puts out like a lot of the um a lot of the like he has like the algorithm or the formula that kind of spits out rankings and Is that bill uh yeah bill conley yeah bill conley yeah and he, his Big 12 rankings has Oklahoma number one and it has Texas number two. But, you know, what he was saying is he does, it doesn't have Texas very high. Just the way that he puts it together really has most of the Big 12 looped like right together. Oklahoma's a top five team and then Texas is number two at number 31. Yeah. Yeah, he also said OU and, and uh, really the Big 12 and the ACC, I should say, are pretty similar in terms of playoff teams this year. It's, well, if it's not Oklahoma, then I don't feel real good about the Big 12. And if it's not Clemson and the ACC, well, I don't really feel good about the ACC either. Kind of feels to me that those are one-bid league, you know, yeah. leagues, if anything. And 
he, when talking about Texas and all the excitement around Sarkeesian and Arch Manning and all of the recruiting buzz that's going on, he said, Texas, like whenever you look at schools like Oklahoma and Ohio State, like Oklahoma has had two bad hires in 75 years. Um, kind of like the same thing whenever you look at like Ohio State. And then he said, Texas, on the other hand, has had one good hire in 40 years. <laughs> Seriously. So it's it's hard to take any of this. Like recruiting talent has never been an issue for Texas. You know, it's hard to necessarily put your finger on exactly what it is. But um, coach, recruiting, I, they've only found the formula a handful of times. So yet to be seen if, if that's going to happen with Sarkeesian. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. We are The Rush, live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Appreciate all the interaction today on uh, what I posted on Twitter and Facebook, at KREF Sports on Twitter, if you're not following us already. Basically, it's just a um, it's a picture of the stadium labeled by sections, and I said, what's the where's the best place to sit for an OU football game inside Owen Field? And I appreciate all the responses, but there was a right answer to this question. And the right answer to this question is in the shade in those loge boxes in the south end zone. If I get to pick one place to have season tickets, Teddy, it's there. Because it doesn't matter the kickoff times. Well, mostly they're going to be at 11 a.m. I'm sure that we know (laughs) that. But 11 a.m., 2.30, 6 p.m., that's kind of the one spot in the stadium outside of the suites, of course, where... It, it doesn't really matter what time kickoff is, where the sun is, all that. You're you're going to be good. Yeah, I there's there seems to be a pretty a, a pretty um, like stark divide between end zone seat people and sideline seat people. Some people love end zone seats. I'm one of them. As long as you can see everything, like if you're not blocked by anything and um, you know, you, you've got a, a good view of the field. I like, I would probably prefer end zone seats. Uh, some people prefer the, the sideline view, but uh, I think you're dead on. That's the place I, I don't even be. necessarily love end zone seats. I just love that area. Yeah, <laughs> the the area's boxes, great. man. It's got, the, it's got the best availability of oh, uh, sweet, concession man. and – uh, restrooms and everything. It's it's fantastic. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush is coming up. Hour number two is next.